0: Everybody, I want to welcome you to Woke Wednesday. We're Woke Wednesday. week. And we have our ed- edition of Ebony and Ivory. Can you guess who is who? Anybody. Anybody. You gotta search deep now. You gotta search the Go whole. You might not know by just listening to us. That's true. Can,
1: can you look and tell? <laughs> 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 My, in all fair, anyone who is watching this, like Jay's gotta put a new picture on me for Ebony and Ivory. Uh, that, i'm stop it that was the uh, no it, uh, it, that was like
0: four years ago i'm gonna it, okay i'm gonna find a new picture man i right. told you to give me one so you left me some my own devices i know i say it's it is my fault it's my <laughs> fault but dave so we've got a lot of stuff that's going on in the world right now um uh, i don't even really know where to to start you know obviously we've got the Everything that's been happening in Wauwatosa the past week, yeah. that's been kind of wild. You know, you have the the vice presidential debate um,
1: that. Oh, yeah. I thoroughly enjoy it personally. Hey, um, Black Flies Matter. <laughs> Black Flies Matter.
0: I had somebody come on my page and, you know, they they really thought that I was just making fun of Republicans. because Right now, apparently everything is political. Yeah. Yeah. So he sent me some pictures of a fly on like like President Obama, um, (laughs) Hillary Hillary Clinton. And he was like, you know, if you found Mike Pence hilarious, you must have really laughed hard at them. Uh, I sent him back. I was like, I did like more opportunity for me. The fact now I will say this, the fact that there was a fly on Hillary Clinton's face, like literally by her eyeball and she didn't notice it. That's even funnier to me. Uh, Mike Pence. I get it. It was on his hair. It wasn't moving. I was literally and blaming. I was blaming Senator Harris and the moderator for not telling them, right? Because right. it was on
1: there for a long time. Like it was on there they for a long time. Yeah, like <laughs> hey, just a little bit. This, this, somebody, something.
0: something right. I don't know,
1: man. So we're gonna I, go to we're gonna go to commercial break. You know, something. Yes, no.
0: yes. It would be like me sitting here with you for like three and a half minutes, and literally something is crawling on my head, and then I find out an hour later. That you sat there and looked at me and never but, told me.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. That's wrong. That's wrong.
0: Completely. But you know, we we've got stuff like that. Obviously, there's so much just happening all over the place. You know, we laughed yeah. a little bit, but people really are losing relationships. Families are struggling. Um, yeah, marriages are having problems, not just with the COVID thing, but also with this political process and.
1: I think in what's just interesting place. Jay is, is is like to start like you know I I, I, I I was a child of the 80s and and grew up in, with you too and I'm reminded of the song you know one you know where it starts off is it getting better or is things still the same you yeah. know um, are we one really I don't think we are right now and I, I think if if you start looking like hey where were we four years ago and no matter like where you were on the political side, who knows, right? No matter where you were, I mean, I remember that night um, getting phone calls and text messages, and my other buddy he tried to Facetime me at like eleven o'clock at night. I'm all snuggled up in bed watching the numbers come through. I'm, I'm Facetiming you right now, but um, you know, and I had people who were like thought like like God had ordained the results, and then I had people that thought. Oh, all hell has broken loose. Like the second coming is coming. So like had two people on opposite spectrums four years ago. Yes. And my mind thought like, you know, eventually this will settle down. Like the division always happens, but eventually it'll settle down. But as I reflect over the last four years, I I don't think it's settled down. I I think this sort of division and um, divide has just, Gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more intense, and it feels like, it feels like that we are sort of cresting this, this massive wave of anger, hatred, division, and it, it feels like it's ready to crash. Yeah, and I'm just feeling like all these topics that we have, it, it, it's all riding on this one just wave of intensity and division that is upon us. Absolutely. You know? And how and it's that,
0: you know how is that affecting you? Obviously, you're, you're pastoring right now in the middle of all of this. Um, is this affecting your church? Is this affecting you know your congregation at all? How are you navigating this?
1: For sure, I, I know for us as a church is, um, and we've talked about this. We we're we're touching the hot buttons now. We're never going to tell you who to vote for or things like that. Yeah, we're always going to be about centering around the gospel message of Jesus. Um, and who we are? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus? And then, how do we step into the injustices that we see? And yeah. so, we're we're always preaching that. And in our in our local church, um, I feel like our I feel like our people are getting it. And we're they're all in different places. You know, they're all in different places in their political views and. Um, uh, you know, wh- where they are in terms of economics and, 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 and things like that. And so, but for the most part, they're sticking with us. They're getting it, you know. Okay. But what concerns me about like the, the church, uh, Big C Church, is that some, some people who call themselves followers of Jesus are just not, they're not getting it. And what's hard is, uh, is, is what to do with that like if we if we're supposed to be so i know not everyone that watches this is like a follower of jesus so some uh, you know some of you're like ah, i don't know where i am with jesus like and i get that like um, uh, and and no matter where you are in exploring who jesus is like and it must frustrate people that don't follow jesus don't necessarily that's not their faith get so frustrated because sometimes I feel like they know more about Jesus than some of the people who say they follow Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're like, man, this person just spews out hatred. Like that doesn't sound like what I think Jesus is.
0: Look, I told you. So, you know, for those that are watching, um, my, my wife and I had a very interesting, uh, night a few nights ago, uh, we had a gentleman come onto my wife's page and, self-reclaimed, at least as a minister, um, apparently attends Bible college. And w- you know, we're not political by by any means with anything that we post. So if you ever go to my page and you think I'm being political, trust me, I'm not. Uh, just give me the benefit of the doubt. I really am not thinking that hard about it. But Sonia made a post. She had a post that was talking about the reality that neither party represents the fullness of the gospel that's or who Jesus is, which to me makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I figured that's, look, You can't be any more centrist than neither one of you are representing what I really stand for. Um, Man, this guy came onto the page and he started telling us everything about ourselves. You know, who we were, what we didn't know, and he was going to educate us and we were Mm -hmm. blind. He started calling us names. He started just doing, just a bunch of stuff and I'm confused. I'm confused because for me personally, so first of all, for anybody watching, if you, are like me and you kind of tired of people who claim to be uh jesus followers or whatever and you're struggling with some of the stuff you're hearing them say i want to apologize i want to apologize yeah. to anybody watching this that is dealing with some of the foolishness that i myself have to deal with and you know he's on my page saying crazy stuff and i I was trying dave look i really tried not to be petty i had i had a million things i wanted to say i had two million things i wanted to type <laughs> and Jesus. I thank God for him in my life because the petty part of me wanted to go to his page, find out all the information I could and just start like roasting on everything. Um, For those that don't know what roasting is, let me educate you on black culture. Roasting is what we do to respond to people when they say something crazy. We find out things about you or we look at we look at you right where you are. And we literally start going down the list and making fun of you or making snide comments, sarcastic remarks. The goal is basically to make you mad enough to leave me alone Hitting um, all the hot buttons, every hot one I can find. So, you know, right. Facebook could tell me your whole life story. So I wanted to go to his page, find out everything I could and just have like the next hour tagging him and everything I wanted to say. You can't do that. Uh, that's that's not that's not the correct thing. So for anybody that says you're struggling with the thoughts, I still struggle, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't do I, it. I'm with you. I'm with you so hard. So I hard. didn't do it. But I did have the one remark. I put, so you're, you're the Christian, right? That was, that was my one remark I let come out. You're the Christian, right? Because I don't get it. I don't understand it. Nothing in me from what I know from the Bible, from what I know of studying Jesus, from, from living this life, nothing he was doing or saying represented anything that I would say represents Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Christianity, like I go down the list. Yeah, um, but he's saying I'm operating in the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking on behalf of God. Oh yeah, I, I'm I, like,
1: bro, you don't even know him. Oh, those guys, those guys come I mean, of create like, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it. They're like in every city, right the the street, the street preacher. Yes, you know who's I mean? everybody? You know, dude, you are going to hell, like, dude. <laughs> I'm just walking across the street. Like, what did I do? <laughs> do you know, do you even know who I am? Do you know anything about me? Do you know the the character of my heart? Do you yes. know that I'm a father? You were telling me I'm a bigot and I'm, I'm, I'm going to hell. And you, by what? Like, how? Like, you haven't talked to me. And you don't I'm know often, my name. Like, have you ever gone up to them and go like, Hey, how's this working for you? <laughs> you know, like how many people have you like introduced Jesus to, right? Or, or, or set them on the path towards, towards God. Like how many people have come up to you? go, Oh, you know what, man? I heard you yelling at me and I, you know, you, you won. like, I got to have what you have. I need what you got. Right. And they're like, no one does that. No one does that. Because yes. like, I, what, I need more
0: of that in my life. Obviously.
1: I, I don't need more of this in my life. You, you're spewing hatred and you're mean. Like what? Yes.
0: Yes. So, you know, biblically, Jesus is saying with loving kindness, I've drawn you. He's saying, you know, first, John, I always go to that one where he says, let us love one another because love is of God. And then at the end, it says he that loveth not doesn't know God because God is love. Right. That's right. Where Where did this go wrong? Like, how do we miss all of this? Well, so so my thing is, like.
1: When I when I start reflecting over, like, these last four years and. um and really, it goes beyond that, right? But, but I think a lot of this is just stemmed from fear. Yeah. I mean, like we're in a political season right now, and it's classic for politicians to take that bucket of fire and throw it on the flame of fear, right? I'm going you know to get you all excited and all upset, right? And so it, if it, the rich folks are afraid that if they lose, if they don't get their way, there's a fear of them taking their money, right? Uh, white folks are afraid if they don't get their way, they're going to lose something. You know, uh, black and brown brothers and sisters are 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 they're fearful that what they've been afraid of, that's happened in the past, may happen or continue to happen in the future, right? right? And, and there's this constant fear of of loss, and it, it causes us to to break apart. Where Jesus. And his message, he says, love everyone as I have loved you. Yeah. And we just forget that. We just forget that because we get stuck in this idea of, wait, I got to love me and my way and how I'm going to like benefit. And so I got to vote a certain way. I got to protest a certain way. I got to do this a certain way. I got to make my Facebook status a certain way because I'm afraid. Yes. And I think that's where it all boils down to is, is fear. I think we get lost in it. Man, you're hitting it. And you know what? It's again, it's it's so
0: much that I look at from a true Christianity standpoint. When the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. You know, when it tells us these realities that God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Yeah. And I feel like we man, our our ability to be relevant during this season is taking a hit um, of how we're looking, how things are being presented. Our inability, in some cases, not all, it's a lot of it's a lot of people, us included, that are out here definitely loving people. But I think that there is a perception right now that the church is judgmental, can't love, yeah. um, is very stuck in tradition and what has been, unwilling to move forward, unwilling to really be progressive. And when I say progressive, I don't mean from a liberal side. I'm talking about progressive as far as. Here's what the culture is doing. Are we willing to adjust how we present our message? In the reality of what we're seeing out in our communities, what we're seeing out in the world, uh, what we're seeing in our own families and everything else. So when we think about love, you know, let me ask you this. Um, People look at love as a feeling. You know, it's an emotion. I can't love somebody. I don't know them. You know, I can't love somebody I'm not in a relationship with. I can't love somebody who's not family. I've looked at love as a choice and a decision. You know, love, when you look at that you love somebody, you're going to be patient with them. You're going to take your time. Um, You're going to look to just be kind. You're not going to look to seek out your own or what may be best for you. You're going to be looking at them and saying, how can I take care of you first? Um, If we are supposed to love our neighbor we're supposed to love them. Like we love ourselves. I take care of me pretty good. You know, if, if I need something, I go get it. (laughs) If I need it for me, you know, what are your thoughts on love and that reality? You know, how do you see the difference between making a decision or is there an emotional component of that?
1: Yeah, that's really good. Jay. I, um, and it's something I've been thinking about over the last few weeks is this idea of, um, you know, we, and and, and we're doing a new sermon series right now. We're talking about all this kind of stuff. Um, And one of the things I've been reflecting on is that what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And what is, what does it look like to you in the midst of all this? And for me being a follower of Jesus is just that like, I need to love others as God has loved me. And what I have to consciously do is filter some of those things through that very message, through my faith, which is love others as Christ has loved me. Yes. Right? So that means that I have to filter my politics through that. I have to filter um, my money through that. Yep. I have to filter my marriage through that. I have to filter the way that I treat people uh, at my job, on the street through that. Yeah. I always have to filter um, my actions through. I have to love others as Christ has loved me. And that's hard. And if you're not for what I have found, because I'm internally, sometimes I'm a, I'm a terrible person, uh, but like, so I like there are times, you know, I'll be, I'll be driving down and I'll see maybe someone who's homeless. And, and, and for those of you who don't know, I also I work with the homeless as well, full time, um, and, and then I'm also pastoring the church. So, like, I so there's something. I mean, I just don't want to stop. Yeah. You know, I just don't want to stop. It's your job, Dave. No, I don't want to stop. <laughs> but the, it, and I go back. I can go back and forth. But it's my job, and I don't want to stop or whatever. Yeah. But ultimately, what gets me is not that it's my job that I actually am employed to do this. What ultimately moves me is. Christ loved me first, therefore I must love others. And it causes me to go, wait, I want to step into this situation and I want to have, I want to have Jesus's eyes. I want to have his ears to hear. I want to see what he sees. I want to hear what he hears. And I pray that you just give me the wisdom to speak what you would speak as I engage this person. And I think you have to go through that filter process with everything. I mean, you go on Facebook, we've talked about, it, like people are so passionate about politics right now and their opinions and everything else. And I, I, you know, I love people's passion. Right. And I'll tell you what, some people said some pretty rough things this week on my Facebook page as well. <laughs> you got treated a little bit. Huh? Uh, you know, I got told a few things that people are like, Oh man, you, you shouldn't have taken that. Like, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I was told to grow a pair and, you know, get my head out of this and that and the other thing. And, and, um, man, I wanted to fire back like so harshly. Uh, but ultimately as I look through that filter, I'm like, all right, Jesus, give me your eyes to see your ears to hear, give me the words. And typically what happens is I'm, I'm trying to get them to take their passion and if they're a follower of Jesus, I'm trying to say, hey, filter that passion through what you know about Jesus. Yeah. Like, seriously, like all of the messages, all of the stories, all the miracles, healings, the way Jesus treated people, like the way he cared for them, the way he stepped into un- injustice. Like, can you filter what you are so passionate about through his lens? Like as if he's with you, what would his actions be? And I try to just real calmly point them that way. And then just a little side note, just a little, this is, I've learned something I've learned is that I do that. And if it does, doesn't quite stick and it still gets kind of heated, I move it to instant message. Okay. (laughs) Let's get it off the public. Move the conversation. Take your dirty laundry to the laundry room, not out in public, right? Like just let's bring it in to a private conversation because then what, the other thing that that does is it, it, it takes away from me, the temptation to you know publicly humiliate you. you know, <laughs> now I know I have to deal with that. I'm going to move it into a private conversation because ultimately if you truly care about human beings, you don't want to publicly berate them. Like you want them to actually uh, maybe be enlightened. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this conversation would actually like change their life. Absolutely. Cause maybe they haven't, they
0: don't have anyone in their sphere that would be willing to have the conversation the way that you would
1: be from right. a very different perspective. That's right. And so it gives you an opportunity to have a, a safe playing field to have those conversations that you might not happen. Um, so, I have a, I have a question though for you, like that I've been sort of struggling with, and it kind of goes along these lines. It's like, so you know, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I guess. Um, let me think this. Way. And actually, no, you, this is more for someone who's a follower of Jesus. You're you're dealing with some of these uh, some of these people who claim to be Christians, and and you might have known them to be. Um, but there there definitely isn 't this oneness in jesus like there 's very clearly like two opposite there's a there 's a big division there right yes. like, like huge sometimes like whatever you know what i 'm saying yes. and so what I struggle with is how how do you how do you approach this idea of that we are we are one in Jesus without Watering down the injustice that you see around you. Like when we're dealing with racial inequality and stepping into that as a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and you have other followers of Jesus who are claiming to be Christian and are not walking arm in arm with you. Yeah. And you're going, Hmm. We are supposed to be one. I am supposed to love others as Christ has loved me. And I'm seeing people in pain and I need to step into this. And you've got people who claim to follow Jesus claim to have sort of this oneness and we're supposed to be peacemakers and everything else, but yet they are so opposite. How how do you, how do you walk into that?
0: Man, number one, I Stick with the truth of the situation for me, what my testimony is, um, the things I've personally experienced. I continue talking about the realities that I face as a black person living in America. I can't convince everybody. Um, what I do is I definitely study, and studying both scripturally but also historically. You know, I don't want to just be throwing random things out here. There are some people. And I would say there's probably a lot more of them. You have, okay, so you have stupid people. There are some people that are just stupid. And stupidity, I believe, is a choice, just like love is. Stupidity means I refuse to learn. Um, I've just, here's my position. No matter what you say, I'm not changing it. I, I wipe my hands. I, I can't change or fix stupid. Um, when there are people who just don't know, and I run into a lot of them, there are people who, you know, there's a level of ignorance just you you don't know, you haven't been in a relationship with people to explain certain things. You grew up in a certain town where you never saw these realities. Right, All right, you right. ever saw was television. All you ever saw was movies. All you ever had was people that looked like you. Um, or, you know, there was one black person in the town. There was two black people in the town and they feel those two black people represent the other 47 billion of us. I mean, 47 million of us that live in the United States. right? I'm happy to sit down and have real conversations. So number one, it's still, I'm gonna love people. You can disagree with me and I'm completely fine with that. You know, it doesn't make me mad. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, It doesn't make me want to shut the conversation down. If you're open to having a conversation, let's, I'm express to you what I've gone through. I'm gonna tell you some of the historical things that I know to be true, that you can go look up yourself. We know there are systemic issues in our country. Yeah. The reality is. So something that I brought up just the other week, uh, for those that may not be aware, uh, there was an executive order passed about three weeks ago. And with a stroke of a pen, anyone who's receiving federal funding, business corporation working with the federal government, if they are doing diversity training that speaks to America as being systemically racist, they can no longer teach that. If they are talking about anything to do with white privilege, they can no longer teach that if they are wanting to talk about any realities of oppression being brought about by one specific group towards another, we can no longer teach that or you will lose your federal funding. So I bring up that point because when I talk about systemic power, systemic racism, the reality that people in control, people who have the power we have been fighting for equality for how many years fighting for a pin stroke in our favor for how long and you see the distress that's happening across our nation for the last let's say six months with the you know the the protesting you've got rioting you've got everything police brutality the fights against it the fights for it like everything that's happening and literally someone in power could pick up a pen and say you know what and if you read Literally read the executive order. It specifically talks about bringing white guilt and shame and another thing specifically to white people. And it's like, man, you don't you don't see how even in this order, this is actually making what I'm saying true. Mm -hmm. That you have the power to say you cannot address this in this way because of how it affects me, how it affects those that have the power that we're we're teaching. (laughs) have continued to perpetuate this, even if it's not purposefully. Yeah. But these are realities. So I talk about those things. I share those realities. I can talk about numbers. We can talk about everything from traffic stops to healthcare to the reality to right now, COVID is killing people that look like me at a three-time higher rate. Right. These are realities. This is not something I'm making up. These are true things. So I'll present all of that um i'll ask questions yeah i'll continue to love even if you disagree you know jay i don't see it that way you know i don't know i i think like i love you but i don't i think you're kind of out there on that that's fine right i'm completely cool with that what i don't want to do is completely blow up the relationship because if my job is to plant hopefully some good seeds I might not see the fruit from that, man. It might be a conversation with you a year and a
1: half later when stuff starts clicking. I don't know. And and that's something like I I said earlier when we started talking is like we're seeing more of that where you have you do have relationship with people and then a conversation happens or a comment's made and people are just willing to just sort of end the whole thing over that moment. And, And for me, that almost like slides them into the category when all of a sudden did this become stupid? You know, like you said in the beginning, like, I, you know, pretty much I don't do a stupid. That's what I have the hard time is how do I love stupid, man? You can love stupid. You just don't want to argue with it. <laughs> right.
0: That's it. That's it. That's, That's really it. it, man. There are people that literally are just saying, I want to stay where I'm at. I'm fine with that. I can choose to love you. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to treat you with dignity. I'm right. going to honor you for who you are as a person, but also for your title or your position. Zero problems with that. So now nah, I so may not be inviting you to the next party that me and Dave are throwing at his house, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I might not invite you to that. <laughs> How come I'm the old, always the one throwing the party, man? Because you got the ribs, man. You already know.
1: That's true. That's true. Hey, y'all,
0: look. Exactly. Dave got the, like the smoker for all my black family that's out there. Look, you know when you pull up to the family reunion when they got the big, huge black smoker, you know the ribs is about to be fired. So when I pulled up and Dave had that in the backyard.
1: Yeah, that's true. I knew I had a brother for life. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, <laughs> got, Now I'm hungry. We gotta end. I gotta. Go, I gotta go fire up the grill. Um. Anyway, no. I think I, I hear what you're saying, and that that's really true. So the, the people that are listening right now, that that let, let's let's break down like what are, how can you, we didn't talk about talking about this, but um, how can you diagnose. Let's help people out real practice. How can you diagnose stupid people? So awesome conversation. Right. I, I want to know. I like, so like typically, all right, typically people are finding stupid people on social media right now. Right. Yes. yes. So let, Let's, let's talk about, let's talk about someone commenting on something you posted. Yes. And, and all of a sudden you're dealing with 12 stupid people. Yes. How do you diagnose? Who are the stupid people? that you need to love, but not necessarily engage yes. in this topic, in the, maybe in this platform, um, what are some guiding principles we can give people on social media in real life? Like, yeah. cause that happens now probably more than ever. Like you're in line, you know, trying to keep physical distance at McDonald's or whatever. And yeah. someone walks in with a shirt, says something to you, that shirt, can, you can go, whatever, you know, and then all of a sudden you're dealing with stupid. And I got you. So look, man, you know I got I'm saying? A PhD in uh stupid detection. So <laughs> yes, let's talk. That's it.
0: Let's talk stupid detection right now. That's it. Stupidity detector goes off when I notice these things. Number one. Okay, y'all don't hold none of this against me. Okay. I'm just being really honest with this is not Bible, this is J English right now. So when I see stupidity, stupidity never asks questions. It just makes statements. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's my first, when you literally, and I don't care what the conversation is, I don't care who's around, if it's online, if it's out in public, stupidity shows up and just starts making statements, has no context, doesn't know the people involved, doesn't care to know what actually happened before they arrived to the conversation. They just heard the last phrase that was made. They walk up and they start throwing out, not an opinion, because an opinion means we can talk they throw out statements soaked in concrete. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they utilize
1: name calling. They are, you know, here's well, my position, not moving. And they spew out uh, what they think your identity is.
0: Absolutely. And it's they like- They are you-
1: constantly telling you, you are this, that, and the other thing. Yes, you are. And
0: it's like, you don't even, you've been here for two minutes. Um, right. When I look at people who don't know because again, we're talking about the difference between being stupid right. and I can love you and people that I actually want to engage as I love them. right? People I want to engage, they want to know why I believe what I believe. They want to know why I said what I said, even if they disagree with me. You know What makes you believe that? What makes you think that way? You know what, what are your sources for that? Where'd you come up with that? Who, who did you read that from that I can look into that more? Um, they're engaging from a questioning standpoint. And even if the questions I may not necessarily like the questions, but the fact that you're asking means you're open to engaging. You know what I'm saying? You're you're open to a discussion. Um, You're willing to. Meet me where I am, even if you 100 percent disagree. And when I see stupid people, they're not willing to do that. They're not willing to. Number one, back down, no matter what you say, they can literally say the sky is purple. And I can bring out a hundred and seventy-nine people who all look up and say the thing
1: is blue. You're and wrong, they, Jay. You're wrong.
0: Yes, and not even a at least acknowledge. Maybe you could be.
1: No, no it's no. no you're, you, all, you, you're all you're all blind. You've been affected by four G. Yes,
0: or you, whatever. You're watching too much of the media. The media. I'm like the media. We're not even looking at the media. I'm
1: telling you to look at the sky, bro. Like, media, said, media said purple is not purple. Right. <laughs> So but that's what I see. Those are yeah. Those are really great benchmarks. Are so like okay. Now here's the trick. <laughs> Once you have identified, so and, and someone like someone who is not willing to engage, they are closed. Yes, they're hitting your hot button. because they're, they're, they're going to say things that is going to bother you. Oh, absolutely. Right. They're saying things that are going to bother you, and so you're dealing with kind of stupid. And they're saying things that bother you, and you know, like that conversation. Like you, you got to know right away that conversation I'm having right now is not going to be a very effective one. Absolutely, because they're not in a posture to open enough to even engage. Because a true conversation takes two ways, right? That's right. They're straight one way. <laughs> They've so, proven they're not trying to engage. Right. So, a couple, of con- it's a couple of contexts here. So, like one, you could be two people who bel- say that they're Christians, right? How do you how do you respond to that? Meaning that this person claims that they believe the same thing you do. Yeah. Um, so that's one. The other one is like that person may not be a follower of Jesus, but still just as aggressive. Yes. And how do you respond to that one? And do do you respond differently? You know what? So my response
0: is typically going to be about the same. I really I really do treat about near everybody about the same. I I, I am the same. Look, it's it's kind of like if you're trying to be argumentative, Argumentative. I'm going to remove myself from that conversation. Um, at least for me, from my standpoint, I know for a fact I've got friends and family and people that I connect with that know me and know who I am. They know what I stand for. They know what I believe. I have to represent my stance and belief and spirituality no matter where I am. So what I can't do is get into a petty fest with you. Mm. I can't do it. I can't do it because then I look just as bad as you do. Right. So but how do you love them? Man, I'm going to tell them, number one, I disagree with you. If you want to have this conversation offline, I'm happy to. There you go. If you want to continue, if you want to go out to coffee, if you want to. Whatever you want to zoom, (laughs) whatever, I'm happy to do that, but I'm not going to continue engaging if that's in person it's easy for me to remove myself from a situation. Hey, you guys, look, I'm not about to go down this road with you. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go over here and hang out with them for a while. When y'all change this conversation, I'll
1: come back. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've (laughs) often, I've often taken that approach where it's like, Hey, it sounds, for me, it sounds like you are very, very passionate about this topic. Yeah. And it it sounds like you have a lot of knowledge that I, I may have never heard before. Sometimes I wish I'd never heard again, but, um, I might not have heard before. And to be honest, like, like it it sounds like this is a deeper conversation that we may need to spend more time on. Yeah. And like, like you want to, do you want to like go for a walk or meet for coffee or like, or if it's online, slide it over to instant message, you know, um, and, and try to do it that way. And oftentimes what I found is that I've showed them some respect. Right? I, haven't, I haven't hit all the, the hot buttons that I want to hit right, and just make me feel so good and just fire back. I can rip you to shreds right now, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to respect you as a human being and, yep. um, and, and invite them into more of a deeper engagement. Um, and I'm, more often than not, I've, I've shown them enough respect where I haven't blown them up or the bridge. But most of the time, they don't want to engage yeah. out, of, out of fear, out of fear where it may go, right? But then when you do engage, um, and I always go back to, you know, either if they are a follower of Jesus, I'm bringing up, you know, life in Jesus as a Christian and what the Bible says. And if they're not a follower of Jesus, I'm sharing my story, which is in Jesus, that I'm supposed to love others as Christ loved me. And I'm always going through trying to have that filter of saying, hey, all right, so we're talking about, you name the topic. We're talking about race. We're talking about um, politics. We're talking about um, abortion. We're talking about anything. Like, you, you name the hot button. I'm always going, okay, like, let's filter this through the filter of Jesus. Like where, how does my faith, I can't, it can't be the other way around. I, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't try to have a filter of my passions and politics. And I'm going to try to see where Jesus fits in that. Right. Like, It, it doesn't work that way because yeah. if you're a true follower of Jesus, he's in the driver's seat, everything else is in the back. Right. Right. And so when we're, when we're dealing with those, sometimes we like to push him, push our politics, push our different opinions and theories and conspiracies, whatever, at the driver's seat. And we're like, ah, this is, I'm going to put Jesus back there for now. And maybe like, we'll just figure it out. He can maybe (laughs) tell me when to go left and right once in a while, you know? (laughs) Uh, You know? And so having those conversations, I think taking it offline, taking it out of the heat of the moment to try to re-engage in love. um, Especially out of that public, you know, because again, in public, man,
0: people, people die with an opinion because they don't want to look a certain way in front of other people. So, wow. you know, if you really want to help or if a person really wants to engage, they, they would be, in my mind, they would be willing to have those conversations offline. Right. Um, but there are some people, you know, and it's a different like I can love you, but still have boundaries. I can love you and still decide, you know what, it's not for the best for us to have this conversation. Right. We probably shouldn't talk about this because nothing good comes out of that. So why would I spend the time knowing this is going to go left on us when there's a million other things we can talk about? Um, You know, and that leads me to kind of my next thing, you know, and this is this tail end of this conversation. We were looking at the. The mirrors that I see when I compare marriage to loving people around us. And, you know, we start off kind of talking about love being a choice. Um, You know, you had me dying, telling the story about, you know, what what happened with your wife and how you had to kind of, you know, take care of her. Let me tell that uh, this is recorded, right? Where's my wife? Look, look, I mean, you don't have to tell all the details, but, you know, you had me dying. But it's it's the reality that we choose to love, even when we we may not want to do everything that comes with that. We may not want to. Uh, co- we may not co-
1: understand. We may not want to understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell people kind of what? Well, well it, it's true. Like, I mean, all of these things that we're talking about are, you know, they're all ways that we're supposed to engage people. Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're you, love is a choice. Um, uh, sort of, sort of it, it, in the Bible. It said that you were supposed to, Jesus said, love others as I have loved you. Yes. So how to love is not a choice for me. I have to love people the way Christ loved me. Yeah. He, he, he didn't, he didn't tell me that that was an option. Like, or I could love them a, a different way. He says, I have to love people like he loved me. Yeah. And So you can take that from your workplace with your friends, with people who you don't like to people within your own home to right. your kids, to your <laughs> wife. It doesn't that Jesus is in the driver's seat all the time for me. So like that is always part of uh, who I'm supposed to be in every vehicle that yeah. I'm in. Right. So, uh, so even in marriage, so we, uh, a, a few weeks back, was a few weeks back. I think it's a few weeks back now. Um, my wife had had some, some signs, uh, symptoms of, uh, you know, possibly COVID, you know, uh, had a little bit of tickle of the throat. Um, uh, she, uh, uh, had a headache and she lost the thing was she lost her sense of taste and she may have been around someone that was positive. So she got a little nervous. And so she got tested on a Friday and, um, and we had to wait three days, uh, to get this test. And so I, I said, well, you got to go into quarantine. So I got her in her room yeah. and, um, and, you know, and I'm like, all right, we're, we, you're staying there until we get the results, the results in three days. Right. And so she's, you know, she's in there and, and, uh, she's a little, little demanding as a patient. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, can I get some tea? uh you know some I'd like some toast um with with some avocado on it maybe Um, (laughs) you know and then then meanwhile I got three kids you know and so like I'm running around trying to get things done and freaking out like what if she's positive you know and all this stuff like what are we gonna do and try and do laundry and we got this puppy that's pooping and peeing all over the house and then I'm like, Hey, can you get me whatever? And I'm like, ah, you know, and finally I had this really cool strategy. I said, just text me. Yeah. Te- text me your demands. Cause every time I hear her voice, I'm like, ah, cringe. I'm like, I gotta do this. <laughs> and she had, she was symptom free. Like she had no symptoms like the next day. So like yeah. Saturday she's like normal. And she's like, oh, I think I'll come out of the house, bedroom. I'm like, no, no, we don't know. Like we haven't gotten results, back. you got to stay in there. Yeah. And so, even though she was symptom free, still had a lot of requests, <laughs> and um, so she had like a, a, a three-day Netflix vacation uh, in the bedroom. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like I'm in full panic mode. Uh, felt like a single parent and a nurse and and <laughs> a dog trainer and all, all kinds of stuff. And and um, I, I have to be honest, it, it, it I'm gonna make it. I mean, I did my best. Yeah. I, I tried my hardest to, to love. I, I, I didn't do a great job. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't do a great job. But, man, there are moments when it, when you're in that heat in marriage yeah. where you're just like, I just want to tee off. And right now, and just lay in there and walk, walk out and just go hang out with buddies or yeah. like just. But there is there is this choice that I've been married for twenty four years, and and I, you have to choose that I'm going to love the way Christ loved me, and man, I, I tell you, you, you do fail at that all the time. Yeah. Um, none of us are perfect, man. None of right. us. Right, are- and and what's so amazing uh, when you have when you have a marriage that is is founded and built upon the love of Jesus, then what comes is grace. Yeah. Um, along that comes grace. And so when my wife is driving me nuts with all these requests from the bedroom, you know, I, I, I have, I have grace. And when I fall short, which I do a lot, I mean, a lot. Yeah. My wife has grace for me. Absolutely. Because she's chosen to love me like Christ loved her. Yeah. And,
0: um, you know, I look at that and I think that's that's how I'm trying. And again, not perfect by any means. That's how I'm trying to navigate life with people. Um, You know, my wife and I, we have a great relationship. We're great friends. But there's times when like. I don't care how long you married to anybody, man. I'm sure she looks at me sometimes like I really wish you would go somewhere, <laughs> mm. uh, preferably away from here. And you know, you have those moments where you get into arguments, you have heated conversations and discussions. And for me, sometimes it is for the best. For me, I might get in the car and drive for a little bit. Hey, I got to get away. So yeah. yeah, but the end result is I need to go back, and we've got to finish this conversation. We've got to be able to have the conversation in a way that moves us forward, as opposed to divides us. And I've been looking at marriage and saying, how can I apply the same principles that I apply in my life every day at home and apply those to the stranger I meet on the street? Um, as a man, you know, anybody's watching this, if you are a man or if you're married to the man, I promise you it's some differences that we don't understand each other in a lot of areas. There's some things that my wife says and does that represents a lot of women. And I'm just like, there's no way in the world I would ever understand why that's important. I don't get why that means what it means. Um, no, I'm not a mind reader. You know, we had that conversation often like, sweetie, I'm not a yeah. mind reader. Um, you know, she'll tell me to go get something and I'll go get exactly what she said. And she'll be like, you know, why didn't you get the other thing like with it that goes with it? You didn't ask for that. Like you asked for, for a if you wanted a and B. You should have said B. Um, in my mind, that makes perfect sense. If you didn't ask for B, that was because you didn't want B.
1: Yeah, our minds don't work that way. This is this is why I stopped doing grocery shopping. By the way, <laughs> bro, I I, can't stop. I I want that this, like this will be there'll be an item like I want. Uh, I don't know. It'll be like hot dogs or something like that. So I go and I get hot dogs. Why'd you get these hot dogs? <laughs> you said hot dogs. That's hot. That's hot dogs. Yeah, but this <laughs> hat. Those hot dogs have this, 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 and this in it. We don't eat that. Like, you need this kind of hot. I didn't know.
0: You didn't give me the ingredient list of what to avoid. Like, that's your fault. That's how I look at it. That's your fault. You should have gave me an ingredient list or you should have went yourself. (laughs) You sent me so you get what you get. But it's one of those things, like, when I'm meeting people outside of my home, outside of my marriage, and that can be anywhere from friends to a complete stranger. I understand that in my marriage, I don't have to 100% understand where she's coming from. I don't have to 100% even agree, but I do have to address whatever that is according to the feelings and the realities that she's bringing to that conversation. Right. I cannot just disregard her total feelings and thoughts on that
1: right. you, you and can't, then think our relationship is going to move forward. You. You can't see things through her lenses and her experience. You just can't. And and you have to have the love and grace to hear what that's like. And I I, I heard someone I, I mean I saw someone in the comments say talk about the workplace. I think all of these things that we're talking about, um, I, I think all of that translates to the workplace. Um, is you you cannot when you're dealing with uh, when you're dealing with with the racist at your workplace. Unfortunately, you you cannot you don't know what their experience is and how they're seeing things. And, and I know as crazy as that seems, and maybe I'm the wrong guy to be talking about this, but like there is something that has happened in their upbringing that has made them racist. Bro, you are absolutely. Can I
0: give you a quick, like a quick example? Yeah. I had a boss that I swear was racist beyond belief um, it was the worst job I've ever had in my life. And of course, it was a temporary job. I got hired for it. It was supposed to be like three, four months. I went in and I swear she hated me day one. Mm. Um, anything she could do to yell, to, to disregard me, to mistreat me in front of people like she did it. She would send me home for the most random stuff. Like if she came to my desk to hand me something and I had gone to the bathroom, when I got back, she would tell me your day is over. Go home. Like it was that crazy. Um, I it was nuts. So she fired me <laughs> four different times. This was the crazy part. So remember, it's a temp job. So she was like, I'm ending your contract. That's it. You're out of here. I left one day at like 11 o'clock. I'd been there for like two hours and she kicked me out. I got a phone call two days later, like, they need you to come back because you're the only person that knows how to do that job. <laughs> It was so crazy. So I came back and I'm just like, this is nuts, man. She's nuts. She's racist. I'm black. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I can't do this, but I need a job because I have bills. So I have to work and I could not get another temp job. Like I could not get another job. Nothing was coming through. I think Jesus was testing me. I was mad at him too. Um, <laughs> When I tell you, she let me go on four different occasions and the company would call me back in because I knew how to do the job and I actually was doing it well which further led me to believe she has to be racist. I'm doing the job well. That's the only reason that even makes sense you would call me back. She actually hired another person. That person quit too. (laughs) They quit on her within two days. She called me back. Dave, I went in the last time. um, And again, I'm completely thinking she's racist. She blew up on me and I'm ready to quit she went back and maybe like 10 minutes later, she actually got into it with one of the like head bosses and I could hear it over my cubicle and it didn't go well. Um, he, he read her rights. He told her a new one, you know, the mm. disrespect she had been given to me, he gave it to her plus some. Wow. To the point where, like I almost felt bad for her, man. Like he really, some of the stuff he said and some of the stuff he did, it was like, man, don't nobody deserve that, but you kind of do. <laughs> that was in the back of my mind. Like nobody deserves that, but you kind of but... do. <laughs> So I'm on my way home that day. And literally, I felt Jesus talking to me like, I need you to go to Walgreens and buy her something. Wow. I'm "I'm not buying her nothing. Man, I had this argument. I ended up stopping at the Walgreens because I lost the argument. Um, I went in. I bought her a card. I bought her a teddy bear and like a flower or something and i came in the next day put it on her desk i wrote a note there like you know seemed like yesterday was a hard day for you just want you to know i'm praying for you just want you to know like if you need anything i'm gonna do the best i can to make your day easier today i'm angry because i don't want to leave it <laughs> i left it on her desk i went and sat yeah. out to um i heard i hear her come in She comes, like, I hear her feet coming to my desk, and I'm, like, bracing myself, like, ah, here we go. You know you're getting fired today again for the fifth time. She comes to my desk, man, and she sat down and started crying. Wow. She starts crying, and she's, like, she started apologizing. She said, I know I have treated you like crap since I met you, and I'm sorry. Now, I've been thinking she's racist this entire time. She told me, that her husband had cheated on her she has a six-month-old child she finds out her husband's cheating on her and in this space where she's been for the last two weeks because she had just uh, not two weeks the last two months that she had found this out she was like right now i'm struggling with men period Mm. like i i hate all men And I needed this position field. They brought you in and you represent everything that's wrong with my Mm -hmm. life right now. I'm having to figure out my life. I'm trying to figure out my marriage. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to take care of my my child. What does this look like? What am I going to do? My finances, like everything is haywire. And she said, I realize I've been taking all of this out on you this entire time. Mm. To your point, there are things people are dealing with. And I can't control them, man. All I can control is me and how I respond, how I act, um, how I love them, how I care about them. Maybe me being there changes her perception of men. Maybe it changed her perception of Christians. Maybe it changed her perception of Black people. Maybe all the above. I don't know. Um, But it was because of my relationship with her. She actually wrote me a referral to my next job I got after that. Wow. So I think, you know, how do you deal with it? I think we're talking about it in this conversation of how do we deal with racism? How do I deal with any of a number of things? Um, You do the best you can to uphold the things you can control. If you need to report it, report it, that's fine. That's part of your right, especially in corporate. Report it, you don't wanna have a situation where something comes up and people don't even know you've been dealing with this for however long. Be honest about it, but even as you're being honest, how can I respect and love and treat this person with honor and dignity in spite of how they're treating me? Yeah. Because sometimes you find out, man, what you thought wasn't even what was really happening. And you get to play a role in changing that situation for a person. Yeah. Wow. Jay, that is, a that's really powerful, man. It blew my mind. It made me like, even after the fact, I almost cried after the fact, when I thought about all the things I wanted to say and wanted to do that would have led to a much different outcome and taking the time to simply do something. I mean, I think my gifts cost me all the $8, man. Right. Uh, but it was just recognizing something's going on. I don't know how to fix it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't even agree with your actions or your stance right now. But what I do know is your person um, I do know that I have the ability to choose to love you in spite of how I'm being treated. Yeah. And by taking that route, man, it taught me a valuable lesson.
1: Well, like, I think, I think, I think to be honest, the, the most important thing you said is you had to uh, bring you, you brought that to the filter of love, right? You had that. You said you had the conversation with God, you had to wrestle it out with I'm him, right? Not and I, do that, not I don't that. want to do like you had, you had your, uh, you're Jonah, I don't want to go to Nineveh moment, you know? Right. And um, but you it, to me, that that's it. That that's the stuff. So it you really have to get in tune with one, um, yourself, right? What what buttons are being hit with me right now? Yeah. And so I gotta and, and why? Why are those buttons hot for me? Right. And then taking the time rather than rather than react. I'm going to take that time I'm going to bring it to God and I'm going to wrestle with him with that. Yes. Cuz he's big enough to handle it and still love me no matter what and I'm not going to break him with it. I'm not going to break God with my problems. <laughs> That's right. right? I might break that person, right? The person in front of me. I might break that human being. But I won't break God. So I'm going to bring that to God and I'm going to wrestle with God and then he presented to you what your next step was and yeah. what and, and it was an act of love. And it changed
0: everything, man. Like, when I tell you everything. she was my BFF for the next, like, month that I was there, it was almost scary. The, the difference in the treatment that I got from, like, that one day to the day after our conversations, how yeah. we talk, how we engage. Um, like, she threw a whole party for me when I was leaving. She took me out to eat. Like, it was unbelievable seeing the difference that something as simply as sometimes man love really has to be the answer yeah and that's the hard part we have to make again we have to make that choice we have to make that decision now again it doesn't mean you let people abuse you no doesn't mean that not saying that but i am saying that i get to choose how i respond and i'm responsible for that you know so I, i hope that helps put a little bit to to what we've been talking about of how do we love how do we love people that are around us because i think more people need it than they're willing to admit and I think if we're really honest, if we were able to do more of that, even in today's society, so much would change. So much would be different. A lot of this division really would end. It really would go away because it's really not about your opinion. You can have your opinion. I got a million opinions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But can I respect you in yours? Can I still care about you as a person? Can I still look at you and say, but you're still valuable?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Um, it's it, uh it's, it's something that is actually like out of this world. You know what I mean? When you think about the, the idea that, that that simple concept, if we all tried to do that, if we all tried to uh, love people as we have been loved, right? If we all practice that in our marriages, in our parenting, in the workplace, in our neighborhoods. Man, if we did that in our neighborhoods, we, we change a block, we change a block, you change a neighborhood, change a neighborhood, you change a city, change a city, you change a state, you know, keep going, right? Um, and, and that's what Jesus said, right? I mean, he stood up in front of nobodies, disciples who were just nobodies, you know, like, we, we make fun of them all the time. And he says, listen, do this, and we're going to change the world. Yeah. And they did, you know, and they did. And we have slowly forgotten that. And so if we, if we practice those things of uh, taking things to God, wrestling it with him, mm-hmm. and letting him give a, download the message, download the action, yeah. and, then, and then have the courage to go ahead and do what he's asking us to do, um, man, it could be so powerful. You might even see Democrats and Republicans come together. Day, hey, it might happen, <laughs> it might happen, but Dave,
0: man, thank you for hanging oh. out with me and for having this conversation. This is always fun, always, always. Ebony and Ivory, that's it, Ebony and Ivory back together again. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll catch up with you later. Take care, make sure you share this message, and stay tuned for more stuff coming from Neil for Nine. See ya.